Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today we're going to do something different rather than me talk or opine. Uh, we're going to bring in one of our great reporters, Daniel Payne. He's done some great work, whether it's on the Lincoln Project, on COVID-19, on lockdowns, on Fauci. He's been on the forefront of so many of our important stories. And uh, we just want to bring him in a little Q&A. I like to personify some of our great talents so you can see what we're doing, how we're doing it. The sort of reporters, the sort of careful, factual trails that we follow. We're not about opinion. We're not about indoctrination. We're not about noise. We're about getting you the facts so you can make up your own mind about the important issues of the day. And I think Daniel Payne, more than anyone, personifies that approach to journalism. We're very lucky to have him and I think it'll be fun. And then when we're done with that, we'll have a little fun. One of the really big personalities on social media. He goes by the handle DC Drano. I think that's hysterical. Uh, draining the swamp, obviously, is his reference uh, there. Rogan O'Hanley, one of the young, uh, bright conservatives who are really shaping opinion and coming up with ideas and getting the newest generation of conservatives to become a generation of ideas, not just arrow slingers, but ideas. So Rogan's here. We're going to talk to him about what's on his plate, what he thinks about all this cancel culture, how do we fight it, how do we resist it. He was a Hollywood lawyer. He was a... Um, I grew up in uh, blue Boston, uh, but became a conservative. And I think he is uh, one of the rising thought leaders in the young generation of conservatives, the generation that will take over someday. Uh, and I thought it'd be fun to talk to him. Now, before we get to that interview, just real quickly, tomorrow on this show, we're going to spend the day uh, working on a brand new exclusive. Yes, I have obtained the FBI's internal documents governing one of the uh, informants in the Russia collusion case. No, not Christopher Steele. We've talked about him ad nauseum, right? These are the Stefan Halper operational handling documents. And they show that Stefan Halper brought a lot of evidence of exculpatory, uh, a lot of exculpatory evidence, evidence of innocence to the FBI's attention, didn't go to the court. But more importantly, the early organizational documents on this show that the FBI was on a fishing expedition they didn't even know who they wanted to find. They were just looking for anyone who might have ties to Russia, who might be able to get dirt on Hillary Clinton before the election. The political nature, the fishing nature, the lack of focus, the lack of predicate are going to be exposed in these documents. We're going to have that for you tomorrow. Just want to give you a little tease of that. Now, go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, 
Daniel Payne, one of the great reporters here at Justin News, is going to be joining us. We're going to have a little conversation about some of the big stories he's been breaking. But first, let's go to those ads and our, our great sponsors and advertisers. Please remember to uh, support them. They make this show possible. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, someone that I enjoy working with every day here at Just the News, our great reporter, Daniel Payne. Daniel, welcome back to the show. John, always good to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, we love your reporting, and I know our readers and our listeners do too. And because you've been at the forefront of a lot of these stories, whether it's some of the COVID data that Americans weren't getting early on uh, uh, to more recently, your really groundbreaking work on the Lincoln Project. We were way ahead of others in exposing some of the finance, financial questions and the um, you know sexual uh, harassment uh, claims against one of their members. And now for the first time, we're seeing donors who funded the group and kind of looked the other way during the election wanting some accountability. So I want to see if you could give us an update. First, remind everybody what you broke early on, where Just the News broke ground in this to get the American public aware of what was going on, and then tell us what the latest development is in, in the case right now. Yeah, John, as some of our readers might remember, uh, you know, last year we were uh, maybe the first national news outlet, uh, definitely among the very first to break the uh, you know pretty questionable uh, financial direction that the group was taken. Now, you know, this group is obviously run by uh, a veteran Republican operatives. These guys have been around uh, D.C. for a long time. They, they know what they're doing. And uh, what we found when we looked at FEC filings is that sizable portions of the millions of dollars that this group was pulling down in donations were going to firms controlled by, uh, you know, directors and founders of the group. Uh, in one case, um, one of the co-founders, Reed Galen, was pulling down millions for his firm, Summit Strategic Communications. One of the other co-founders, Ron Steslow, uh, was getting a, a huge amount of money for his firm, Tusk Digital Incorporated. Um, you know, so we, you know, all of that was out there. It was not, uh, you know, we didn't have to FOIA anything. We didn't have to, uh, you know, uh, you know, chase down a bunch of leads in galleyways. It was, you know, in the federal database and, um, you know, was, was, was very readily available. Uh, you know, our reporting on that kind of preceded this new wave, which, as you noted, um, is occurring after the election and after the Lincoln Project claims it helped oust President Trump from office. So, you know, it's it's interesting to see all this coverage as if it's, um, you know, this sort of groundbreaking new information that's just coming out when, in fact, uh, you know, the data was there and we had it very early on. Yeah, no, I think that's really what we're so proud of. And you've been on the forefront of so many of these stories. Um, this enrichment where people start a group and then their companies cash in on the donations that their group raise, uh, that is a phenomenon that's been around. That's why we have Federal Election Commission filings to guard against this. We've seen this with some members of Congress who were directing uh, uh, consulting fees from their campaigns to their spouses or their boyfriends. 
Um, right. the, the, when does uh, Americans say enough is enough? We're tired of seeing this. I don't know if we call it self-dealing, you know, but, but uh, personal enrichment off the back of the donors who believe they're supporting a cause. Has there been any movement, any outcry? Uh, do you think maybe the Lincoln donors asked for their money back? What might we see in the next uh, year or so that addresses what's becoming a, a disturbing pattern? This isn't Lincoln project, probably the biggest example, but there have been a lot of these in recent months, and, and it seems as though they fall on deaf ears in Washington. What, what, are, what are some of the things going on behind the scenes that we should look for? Well, you know, it, it, as you point out, it's, 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 it's not quite that we would call it self-dealing. I mean, you know, we, we did our homework on this, and we spoke to experts, and they said, you know, this, this does happen. It doesn't appear to be anything illegal, and, and it, right. it's, it's somewhat yeah. regular. But, but, you know, as you noted, uh, there is, you know, there is kind of a veneer of, of, of oddity here for potential impropriety, and and I, I think what first needs to happen is, you know, this stuff needs to be reported on. Uh, right. is, is is the main issue. Um, you know, the, the press, uh, you know, ourselves and, and so many others are um, uh, in, in such a, a critical and you know a, a indispensable position to just bring this stuff to light. Uh, because even when it's sitting in publicly accessible databases that anybody can access, you know, from their desktop at home, a lot of people don't know about it. So I, my guess is, you know, you are seeing some some big name donors that funded the Lincoln Project over the past year or, or 14 right. months or so uh, are calling for accountability, uh, calling for, you know, in addition to, uh, you know, taking care of the, the sexual harassment allegations that the group is weathering, they're calling for an audit of the group's finances. Sure. Some people talk about recently, I think this may have been after Ilan Omar or AOC, I can't remember which one of the questions. And you're right, there's nothing illegal about this. The federal election law basically allows for anything. But right. one idea that has been uh, coming out is isolating transactions that involve uh, insiders, meaning when someone pays themselves or a firm that they're connected to or that their immediate family, breaking that out of the report so it's not in a big jumble of disbursements that we have thousands, but a special section that highlights, hey, these are transactions that are close to the or, or originators, identifiers, uh, leaders of a group so that they're easily isolated, more readily accessible to the American public. I've heard that from some good, uh, you know, good government groups and campaign finance watchdogs that they think that could be one way, which is break out a section of the FEC report that talks about you know, uh, uh, money's going to people that are directly connected to the either the candidate or the leaders of a committee, political action committee, 527, whatever it is. Um, are there any other ideas that you've heard? I, I, I suppose the best way is for donors to stand up and say, we want more accountability for our money. We didn't know this was going on. Uh, but have you heard any other ideas like that? You know, I, uh, th there seems to be you know, something of a kind of... Uh, uh, Still burgeoning but growing movement on that front because I think as you mentioned, uh, you know, there's been concerns with uh, with uh, you know over a million dollars I think went to uh, Ilhan Omar's husband's uh, consulting right. firm prior to her reelection during her uh, campaign and you know I think that one thing that um, that you know donors and voters need to be aware of is that it's never been easier 
to get this sort of information. You know, this Great isn't uh, the 60s and 70s and 80s when everything was uh, was on paper and you actually right. had to, you know, get a either a, a uh, hard copy or a facsimile of that copy in your hand to verify it. You can have all this information in seconds. It can be tabulated. It can be uh, collated in, you know, in, in, in ways that make it clear where the money's going, who it's going to, and how it's being sent. So I, I think that, you know, when folks understand how how easily this can be done and how, you know, a, a, a college computer programmer could probably pull together a program to do it, you know, right. in, in a couple of days, um, it, it, people might be more drawn to just, to just knowing where all this money is going from. Because, you know, the Lincoln Project, they pulled down $90. That's not, excuse me, $90 million. That's, and that's a, a big, sum. big sum of money. Yeah. It's a lot, but it is, of course, a drop in the bucket to the, you know, hundreds of millions and billions of dollars that flow through Washington every single day, year after year. So um, when you're dealing with, with that kind of amount of money, yes, you need as much transparency and as much accountability as you possibly can get. And it's just never been, uh, you know, closer within everybody's reach. Yeah, such a great point. One last question before we let you go. COVID-19, the pandemic, a lot of people talking that we may be on the back nine now or near, nearing the end or, or at least some relief from it. What are your experts, what are, what are you hearing on the front lines uh, about where this pandemic goes as the shots increase and there's some evidence of um, uh, herd immunity starts to emerge? Um, wh- what are you hearing at the front ends of that? You know, John, what I'm seeing for, from so many experts is, is kind of happy confusion uh, because the case numbers, <laughs> the daily case numbers are dropping so precipitously right. uh, that nobody's quite sure how it's going. I mean, you know, they're citing that the vaccine is very, uh, you know, it looks to have very promising effects and that, uh, you know, it, it looks like it's going to work out well for those who get it. Um, but but that vaccine cannot explain the drops we're seeing right now. So they're scrambling to figure that out. But uh, right now, if you, if you look at the epidemiological curve of the past 13 months or so, uh, the sustained drop that we are seeing in daily cases and the deaths that are now try- starting to drop as well, um, it's it never looked quite as good as this since the pandemic began. So we're keeping an eye on it. And, uh, and there's a lot of people who are pretty encouraged by that data. Yeah, that's good news uh, for all of us who've been locked in our homes and wearing masks and uh, worrying about our neighbors and our loved ones uh, during you know what's been one of the most trying times in recent history. Daniel, yep. we're so lucky to have you on this on the show at Just the News. We want to thank you for all your great reporting. And we can't wait to see your next big scoop. John, thanks for having me. It's always good to be here. It's a pleasure. All right, folks, we're going to have a quick commercial break. When we come back, the one and only Rogan Hanley. Buckle your seatbelt. This is going to be a wild ride. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Buckle your seatbelt. The one and only DC Drano is here with us today. You've heard, you've seen him on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. One of the great influential minds in, among young conservatives. Rogan O'Hanley is joining us. Rogan, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me on, John. I would 
uh, say equally as awesome things about you. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Well, we have a lot of fun every time you come on. And it's 60 degrees in Washington today. The sun is shining. Everybody seems just a little bit more happy today. Um, uh, but you're happy because you're in Florida where the Super Bowl of conservative politics is about to launch. CPAC, which moved from Washington to Florida this year, is going to happen. What are you expecting to, to occur at CPAC down in Orlando? Well, I, I will say I'm glad the people of D.C. are uh, getting some good weather. There's nothing quite like the beauty of seeing the sun reflect off the barbed wire around the Capitol building. <laughs> oh, that was remains. hanging out there for you, wasn't it? <laughs> what, a, what a majestic sight. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> the new concentration camp yeah. that is the Capitol. How about that? Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I will say, you know, Florida, everywhere you go, everyone you talk to on the right, Everyone loves Florida right now, and I think a big part of that is our Governor Ron DeSantis. It's our, uh, you know, Congressman Matt Gates and and Subi and and other you know candidates like Anna Paulina Luna, who are big voices here, and and, right. and all the big great names, Rush Limbaugh and Coulter. So, uh, you know, Florida's having a great a great moment in our country's history, and you know, I'm very excited personally that CPAC is going to be down here because. Uh, you know, I believe Florida is the most open state we have that isn't sub-zero temperatures right now. So, <laughs> Good um, point. Yes. You know, and, and I think it's a, it's a massive culture shock. I notice it when my friends from New York, from Massachusetts, from California come visit. They, they're wearing their masks inside my house. And I'm like, hey, you don't have to do that. We're, we don't live like that here. You know, we're, we're, <laughs> we're open. So uh, glad that CPAC's doing that and looking forward to it. Ah, that's great. And it, it, uh, there's a lot of great speakers. Everyone's wondering what will Donald Trump say on Sunday? There'll be a lot of moments that uh, worthy of great news over the weekend and, and uh, into next week. I wanted to talk a little bit about this contrast because you have the state of California where you worked as a lawyer for some time, been locked down the entire time. Florida has been open most of the time. And yet Florida outperforms California on most of the COVID uh, numbers when it comes to hospitalizations, uh, deaths among seniors, uh, when you look at that, what lesson uh, uh, do we learn from the last year in the approach California and New York took versus the one that Florida and other southern states or red states took? Yeah, well, I will say the beautiful thing about the way our country is set up is that we have 50 separate states, which act as almost, you know, 50 separate, uh, you know, kind of mini uh, nations. They're the laboratories of democracy. And uh, thankfully, under President Trump, you know, he let each state kind of dictate its own policies. And Florida took a much more relaxed approach. Uh, you know, we weighed the risks and benefits of lockdowns in terms of what they could do to protect based on the data we had, how deadly the virus was. Right. And frankly, the number one thing that really uh, saved Florida in terms of the death rate and, you know, the tragedy was we didn't stuff our nursing homes full of infected people like they did in New York. I mean, that's Such that's first point. and foremost number one thing. And, you know, Ron DeSantis said uh, months ago, we are not going back into lockdowns. We are not going to force, uh, you know, masks upon people at the state level because he and he said this. And a lot of people miss it. All it does is delay the inevitable. And I think that's a really courageous thing to say because it's based on science it's based on what we know about virology decades of data about virology that when it comes to viruses sometimes it, they just have to almost kind of take their course and when we have treatment centers and proper uh you know open hospitalization 
race. Uh, you know, we can do the best we can, but we have to balance that against our constitutional liberties, against our economy, against, uh, you know, our way of life. And California really dropped the ball on that. I used to live there and I visited there in, in October and it was baffling. It was heartbreaking. I was in Santa Monica. I could not believe how broken down, distraught and in slaves that 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 city felt like every other business was closed now mind you santa monica is the rich area the nice area the tourist spot and it looks like downtown la every other business was closed uh you know even the ones very close to the beach they had graffiti everywhere Mm. black lives matter blm homeless people everywhere there was more homeless people outside than there were uh citizens and it smelled like urine and it, it looks like it's just years away from a full recovery. Meanwhile, in Florida, it's pretty much normal life, a very good unemployment rate, you know, one of the lowest in the country, and, you know, friendly, smiling people. We both have similar weather. So, uh, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, no, you're, and you're, you're right about this. You know, until you just said it, I didn't think of this, but uh, the pandemic may have been the greatest experiment in modern history about states' rights because every state took a divergent path. And the blue states seemed to heavily lock down. Uh, the red states tried to preserve freedom and balance freedom with security and health. And in a year, in six months, when all the data is stabilized, we're going to be able to figure out which approach was more uh, uh, appropriate, which one had less economic toll and, and less you know, toll on, on drugs and alcohol and suicide and abuse. Um, uh, and, and there could be a great learning lesson about how brilliant the founding fathers were, because those who chose the path that worked better are going to be able to say, we got to do this because the constitution uh, gave us states rights. And so hadn't thought about that until you said it, Rogan, you always do that to me. You make me think about something I didn't think about. That's great. I love it. I love it. So I want to, yeah. um, I want to delve into cancel culture a little bit because it seems mm-hmm. to be um, uh, rampant everywhere. Amazon's taking down books and teachers are mocking parents and, and uh, movie houses are taking out movies and, uh, the leader of the free world was removed from Twitter. Um, where does all of this insanity end? I mean, I'm beginning to hear from a lot of my liberal friends that, oh my God, we've gone too far. This is crazy. And and um, I wonder if the tipping point or the reckoning moment isn't upon us that people are now looking for the first time saying, this is not America. Uh, what, what do you think? Do you think there's any wake up moment for liberals? Uh, absolutely. And I, you know, most of my friends here in St. Petersburg, Florida are actually disaffected liberals who, who never voted for a Republican a day in their life, who are now some of the most outspoken, hardline, uh, conservative patriots out there. People like, uh, Rob Smith, uh, people like, you know, David Leatherwood, who runs an account called Brokeback Patriot, people like Anna Paulina Luna, you know, these are people who, similar to me in a sense, right. granted I was always conservative, but I was working in Hollywood. You know, you can only take so much abuse from your fellow people for being just a rational, reasonable, moderate person before you say, you know what, enough is enough. Uh, these guys on the right seem to have their heads screwed on straight. These people on the left, uh, you know, are outraged over a new thing every day. I can't breathe without being called racist and and it 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 further isolates that radical fringe more and more and pushes people uh towards the middle which is where you know the big tent republican party under trump 
now reside. So I think in the long run, it's absolutely a, a it, it's almost cannibalistic, the, the leftist, uh, you know, extremism that we're seeing because, all right, say, you know, Trump's not on Twitter. Now, who do they go after? They need rage. They need someone to hate, to unify their extremely fragile, disparate coalition of, uh, you know, thoughts and interest groups. So uh, they need someone to hate. And they oftentimes start attacking themselves. They start going, you know, now we're seeing they're going after Cuomo. They're right. going after Newsom. Uh, they the go see one after Biden last night on, on his immigration policy. I mean, the, they're turning on their own. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they need hate to survive. And with, you know, the right, with conservative philosophy, with, with constitutional, uh, you know, adherence, all we want to do is protect our freedoms and, and live a, 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 a good life and raise our family and work hard. But the left, they need to be outraged at something. They need someone to hate. They need someone to attack. Otherwise, there's really no mobilization. So uh, as they continue to find these new targets to hate, they will oftentimes, uh, you know, be attacking themselves. And it leads to their own destruction in the long run. In the short term, we're going to have to deal with a lot, of, a lot of crap. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things that's going on, and I had Kevin Sorbo on here. He's obviously created a movie house to create American-valued movies, Christian movies, uh, there are major companies building uh, computer infrastructures to rival AWS, Amazon. There are uh, obviously the emerging platforms of CloudHub and uh, uh, Parler and uh, Rumble. Rumble really growing leaps and bounds as a challenge to to there. So it seems like phase one of the counteroffensive against counterculture is to for conservatives to build their own platforms and to be, have equal and opposite uh, high quality platform servers. The second part of it is the cultural part. At what point can we have a conversation where liberals realize that what they did was antithetical to their own liberal views? I mean, liberals used to be the biggest free speech amendment, uh, you know, free speech First Amendment people in the world. They would defend burning the flag, even though people found that offensive. Do you think, particularly among young people, uh, that maybe there's a conversation going on now that uh, liberals have been antithetical to their own values, their own traditional values? Absolutely. Uh, you know, that's a, those are two fantastic points. Uh, the first one is, you know, this economic balkanization of the Internet, right? So we're seeing as we are rejected and pushed out of and censored by mainstream leftist Silicon Valley companies, it's creating a massive, lucrative uh, economic opportunity for entrepreneurs to uh, provide alternatives that, you know, defend American values and allow free speech. We are definitely starting to see the pendulum swing the other way. And I've, I've posted about it myself. I said, you know, there are billions of dollars to be made uh, by providing conservative alternatives yeah. to the things that we all like. And I'm really happy to see uh, those things happening. Again, it's going to take time. There's a massive digital migration. Uh, you know, uh, applications like Telegram, Parler, Gab, they're, they're just booming with users and engagement. Um, and, and the second thing, uh, you know, I, I think what will ultimately push most leftists to, to finally stand up against cancel culture and, and, and the censorship issue is when it starts coming for them. Um, you know, as you said, leftists used to be the 
control, uh, uh, the, the biggest proponents of free speech, and largely it's because they were in the minority in, in terms of in terms of power in in this country. Now, leftists control pretty much every major institution. Uh, academia, leftist control. Media, leftist. Uh, big tech, uh, Hollywood. Uh, the, the the major sports teams are starting to see a lot of woke wokeism. Uh, a lot of big corporations, you know, look at Coca-Cola with the be less white diversity training stuff. They are actually in charge for the most part of nearly everything. And now they control the federal government, D.C. So, uh, you know, they they want to maintain that power. The, the, the Constitution is really just an obstacle for them to maintain what they believe is virtuous authority. But what actually ends up happening, like all leftist regimes throughout history, is that they become tyrannical and oppressive. Yeah, it's such a great point. And I always look at migration patterns as a validation to what policies are working or not working. When uh, Governor Reagan was was growing California, people were flocking there by the by the millions. And today people are either trying to impeach Governor Newsom or flee California. They're fleeing New York. They're fleeing a lot of the, the blue states in the upper Midwest and in there. And they're coming to states like Florida and South Carolina and uh, that have Republican governors. Um, is there, I know hypocrisy is a recurring theme and you do such a great job on your, on your DC Drano handles of, of highlighting hypocrisy, but is there a, a built-in hypocrisy and someone saying, uh, do what California is doing, but oh, by the way, we're leaving there because it didn't work out so well for us. Um, are, are liberals by the very choices they're making about where to live, where to move, where to move their companies, um, uh, creating a hypocrisy of, it's okay for people, just not us. Yeah, you know, there, there's a funny meme. Uh, it's a picture of a billboard that says, in Texas, and it says, welcome to Texas, you know, uh, leave California behind. Um, <laughs> you know, so, so it, there, yeah, there's absolutely uh, a, a hypocrisy. It, but I think a bit of the fear that everyone leaving California, New York, you know, Seattle, uh, Massachusetts and coming down to these red states, uh, you know, that they're suddenly going to turn them liberal is, is actually not necessarily true and not supported by the data. And, and, and a lot of it, you know, just anecdotally, uh, you know, look at Florida, what happened to Trump won in 2016 by, I think, less than a percentage point. Right. And in 2020, he won by three and a half percentage point. Um, you know, that that's a massive became more red. and especially, yeah. yeah, became more red. And we got Rick Scott in. Uh, you know, Nelson, he was 20 years in the Senate. He was a Democrat and Rick Scott. So now we have two Republican senators. We've got DeSantis. We've got pretty much top to bottom uh, Republican control of the state. Uh, so and, 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 and frankly, a lot of immigration, too, you know, coming from Cuba and Venezuela. There's a very, very strong anti-communist, anti-socialist sentiment in this state. And I think that's going to continue spreading around the country. But, uh, you know, a lot of people that I have met that have left other states to come to Florida um, are, are here for the right reasons. They're here because of the freedom, the no state income tax, the no mask hysteria. Um, you know, Texas, I think, is a little bit different because they've got, uh, you know, immigration across their border and that skews things a bit. But, uh, you know, the studies have shown that when people move to new areas, they typically blend in a bit more with the local politics. 
Uh, you know, I tell people uh, Florida liberals are not like California liberals. You know, they yeah. they wear camo and they carry guns out here. They drive Jeeps. So uh, cultural you know, assimilation. And, and I mean, that's always been you know one of the I studied sociology in college along with the journalism and cultural assimilation is a very real phenomenon in in social studies. And so uh, if you come come to red and you realize red works better, well, then you become more red. I think. Yeah, you you at least moderate yourself when exactly. you're not inundated by these, you know, purple hair riots, all, uh, you know, every other weekend with, with uh, bombarding with news and commentary where, you know, you're just not allowed to say or do anything that kind of skews from the leftist narrative. It, it suppresses you. It has a chilling effect on your speech, on your free expression. And then when you come to these other states, you say, you know what? Because when it comes down to it, Americans are very smart. And, and, you know, that's a fundamental component of right wing philosophy is that we believe in the power of the individual. And when you have a rational American, which most Americans are, and they live in California and they live in Florida, they're going to see a difference and they're going to frankly want to support it. Um, And and that's that's what I'm seeing in Florida, at least. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I think California is in for a reckoning, whether it's uh, the recall or or just the idea that maybe the social experiment that was California isn't working in the utopian way that everyone who bought into it thought it would. It's um, it's going to be an interesting year. All right. What's your big headline when you're this when CPAC wraps up Sunday night? What do you think will be the biggest headline coming out of CPAC? What are you looking for more than anything else? I think I'm looking for what, what probably everyone else is looking for is, uh, you know, looking forward to President Trump's speech, uh, seeing what he has lined up. You know, he has been very uh, quiet during the impeachment proceedings, and I think that was strategic. But now that he's been justifiably and rightfully acquitted of inciting something that was, you know, pre clearly pre-planned now that the facts have come out. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, I, I feel like he, he's going to have a lot more wind in his sails where, you know, it also his being quiet had the added effect of showing how bad Biden is, you know, because when we don't have a Trump tweet to focus on, we're looking at Biden's 50 plus executive orders, the kids in cages that he said he would close, the no 15 minimum wage. So a lot of people, especially Biden's base, are actually very upset. Not that they really even picked this guy. He was kind of picked for them by the establishment. But, uh, you know, they're very upset. So it, it, there's a dual benefit of Trump, uh, you know, being acquitted, and then also Biden's policies being such a disaster already that uh, you know Trump Trump is going to hopefully give us some guidance on what he's looking to do in this next two to four years. He's going to have some sharp words, I'm sure, for rhinos in the party who uh, you know very. Uh, weak need shame on them. They only come out against Trump when he doesn't have a Twitter and when he's, you know, being persecuted by the DC machinery. So I, I, I'm excited to see what Trump sounds like out of office because campaign Trump is my favorite Trump, and I have a feeling he's going to throw some some haymakers. I have a funny feeling you're right about that, as you often are, Rogan. I really love listening to you, and I, I was thinking about. Uh, something you said in the middle of this podcast, because it really resonates with me. And what I'm seeing, the balkanization of the internet caused by this free speech battle is probably one of the greatest economic tuni- opportunities that con- uh, conservative entrepreneurs have ever had. They just need to do carpe diem. They need to embrace it and, and make it happen because yeah. uh, the market is the fastest way to cure what politics ruined.
There's no doubt about yeah. it. Well, Absolutely. I can't wait to hear from you uh, again. We're going to have to have you back on and get up. Maybe we can get a post CPAC report next week. I'd love to get your take on what happened. I'm so interested in young conservatives, particularly the next generation is moving up and uh, you see it every day. You know, Kimberly Klasick, you see uh, Elise Stefanik. Uh, there are a lot of new young conservatives moving up into the ranks and the party is taking a new shape. And I, I'd love to get your take on that after we see what plays out in CPAC next week. I, I would love to provide it. I'll be there the next three days and I'll uh, keep in mind, uh, you know, that, that we'll be having that chat and, and see what I can dig up there. I really appreciate that, Rogan. Well, have a good time in sunny Florida and we'll enjoy the sun shimmering off the barbed wire near the Capitol. That was a great line. <laughs> Cause it's true. It's an actual fact. All right. Yep, it's true. Yeah. All right. Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you soon. With you. Have a good one. All right. Take care. All right, folks, when we come back from the commercial break, we'll wrap things up for the day. Rogan's always a, a hoot. There's so much to learn from him and he's a big thinker. And I think someone that is shaping a generation of conservative thought at, uh, at the, the Gen X, the millennial, and the uh, Gen Z uh, levels. So what a great guy. We're so glad he joined us. And we are going to get him back on next week. we got to get a debriefing on what really went on in CPAC. All right, we're going to go to that commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. All right, folks, that wraps it up. I hope you enjoyed it. Always great to have a great reporter like Daniel Payne telling us the truth about what's on the front lines, giving you just the facts, leaving you to make up your own mind. We're not trying to lead you by the nose. We trust you to make up your own mind. That's a big premise, a big promise of um, the Just the News brand, the John Solomon Reports brand. And then, of course, what can you say about Rogan O'Hanley? He's always fun, uh, starting right off with a haymaker about the barbed wire fences around the Capitol and going through all the different things. And I, I, we've been hitting this theme on this show a lot in the last couple of weeks. And I think it's very important. The free speech uh, moment in America is creating one of the greatest economic opportunities in American history. This is real. When you look at what's going on with the, uh, the growing value of rumble of what's going on with parlor, what's going on with cloud hub. I'm a big fan of cloud hub just because the tools are cooler um, uh, there are new competitive free market driven solutions for conservatives. We don't, those who don't want to stick with, um, Twitter or Facebook because they're tired of cancel culture and, and fake censorship. Uh, they're building a new ecosystem and, and it's your opportunity to put your dollar, your checkbook, your opinion on the platforms that you most, uh, thing. That's why we do just the news, uh, as well. We want to give people a, news source that felt different than the pack journalism that dominates so much of American journalism and American news media today. Uh, this whole new ecosystem is growing and burbling, and I'm very excited to watch what it happens. We're going to be covering CPAC wall to wall. You'll be able to watch it live on just the news starting tomorrow. So keep an eye on that. And uh, in the morning, when you wake up, go to just the news because my new story, yes, the new FBI documents declassified, 
the Stefan Halper reports. And by the way, Stefan Halper turned out to be a very good FBI informant. Why? Because he was providing the evidence of innocence to the FBI. And he, uh, they just weren't giving it to the FISA court. They weren't giving it to the Congress. But in real time, Stefan Halper's work turned up the folly that was Russia collusion. Also, the fishing expedition. I think when you read these documents, we're going to post them tomorrow. When you read these documents, you're going to see the fishing expedition that the FBI was on. They weren't focused on a clear predicate, a clear piece of evidence. They were looking for anything, anyone. It says anyone in the Trump campaign, anyone in the Trump campaign, directly or indirectly in contact with Russia, who might be able to get dirt on Hillary Clinton before the election. That's not the FBI's job. That's a political mission. It's a fishing expedition and it is what we've been calling it for two and a half years through my reporting. It was a political dirty trick. We now know it because the documents authenticate that. All right, folks, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports. Until then, may God bless you. May God bless this great country as he always has. And have a good night. If you need a news fix, go to justinnews.com. If you need a good meal, grab one of those Kansas City steaks. That's what I'm doing tonight when I get home. Firing up the grill because it's nearly 60 degrees in Washington. It's not only a swamp, it's a warm swamp today. How about that? All right, we'll be back tomorrow to wrap up uh, another great edition tomorrow with some more reporting. We'll be talking specifically about the FBI and the Stefan Halper documents. Until then, have a good night.